Who dat? Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Coming off the high we all experienced after Monday night's win, we are now on to Rams week and here to preview the game for our New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm joined by my OG co-host, the great Tyler Raymond. Uh, We just recorded our Texans game review and breakdown with full analysis there, so be sure to check that out. It's on iTunes. It's on Spreaker. Um, and we are recording this episode on Thursday, but it is dropping on Friday. So you're either hearing this Friday, Saturday, or Sunday right before the game. Um, so if anything crazy happens between now and then, uh, it, it won't be in this podcast. So we apologize, but you can stay up to date with everything on our Twitter by following us there. The main podcast page is at the WDD podcast. We can follow Tyler and I individually. Tyler is at Raymond Tyler M. I'm at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Um, So we are now turning our attention to the LA Rams and also turning our attention to trying to exact revenge against the team who inadvertently cheated our team out of a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. appearance last year. Um, And that was actually only um, seven, sorry, eight short months ago. Um, So Tyler, it really does feel like yesterday. (laughs) It also feels like an eternity ago. It's crazy. Um, but Tyler, yeah. how are you feeling going into this game uh, just in general? Are you excited to yeah. try and get revenge, or are you nervous that it won't go our way again? Well, first off, what's up, everybody? Who that to all my Saints fans out there? Um, yeah, so, man, it, it's tough because, you know, before this episode, we were just chilling. I was look, looking at the schedule, and the first four weeks are brutal. We've got the Rams, then we're at Seahawks, then we're home for the Cowboys. And I was telling you, Dayton, I'm like, if we can get out of there at the bare minimum, two and two, mm. I think we'll be okay. Right. Because those are some tough teams. But I don't know. Like, I'm so excited. I'm like, Revenge Week. Like, like from, at least from Twitter, it seems like so many Saints fans are going to this. Like, it, like it's insane. Like, if we could kick the uh, kick the Rams' butts in L.A., like, it's a statement game. Like, this is the game to do it. Like, this is the game to prove like we're legit this year as we've been the last couple of years like we're gonna make a deep playoff run hopefully super bowl bound like but i'm nervous so because mm-hmm. the rams have a lot of good players we'll get into that in a minute but the rams are a talented team like i talked to you like they're really like they're really similar to our team so it's gonna be a good game that's for sure i'm curious to see what the spread is on the points but um it's going to be a tough game. Don't get me wrong. But I'm really excited, though, because if the Saints get out, can get out of L.A. with a win, it's looking bright for us, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. So, uh, yeah, this is the first of two road games for the Saints, two West Coast road games, to be exact. Uh, after this Sunday game, they will be traveling up to Seattle, not even going back to New Orleans. They'll be practicing near the University of Washington uh, in preparation for their game uh the following sunday against the seattle seahawks so this is a uh um you know back-to-back nfc west matchups on the west coast gonna throw the saints off a little bit after of course opening up monday night at home in new orleans central time now going two hours behind on six days notice and then not even going back home to face another team so this is going to be a tough stretch uh right now the point spread is two points in favor of the rams uh, which wow, makes sense. Really close. Yeah, it's really, really close. Usually, right, they give a, uh, a one and a half to three and a half point spread to the home team if things are generally matched up, and that's exactly what's going on here. So, to you know, one and one and O teams um, 
who are coming off really close wins and also mm-hmm. uh, both you know playoff deep playoff teams a season ago makes sense as to the the point spread being two right now um but the rams are of course coming off a win against the saints rival division rival carolina panthers um which happened uh, in carolina the saints got an impressive road or uh, the rams got an impressive road victory to open up the season uh it was 0-0 after the first quarter and then the rams were actually up 13 to nothing uh, at one point after the panthers had missed a field goal um but then they end up uh closing out the second half with a field goal so it's 13-3 at halftime both teams score 10 points in the third quarter um and that leads to a pretty pretty intense fourth quarter where it was 23 to 20 at one point uh rams were up they pull away 30 to 20 uh panthers get another touchdown towards the end of the game um but it was not enough to come back so the rams end up prevailing and winning 30 to 27 and that pretty much started uh everything uh i guess the snowball effect of the rest of the nfc south besides the saints (laughs) of course losing on sunday uh panthers lost falcons lost buccaneers lost and it was great to see and then the saints of course pulled out a great win on monday night so um, i actually want to talk about a little bit about the rams game because that's the only tangible you know um uh, evidence we have this season on yeah evan and, and any tape proof. and um yeah and yeah it, it's what we have on this any exact tape, team yeah. for this season uh, so Jared Goff was 23 of 39, which is, isn't too bad, but only 186 yards, one touchdown, one interception all, uh, for, for Jared Goff. He only had five throws, uh, either 20 or more yards down the field. One of them was intercepted and another one was nearly picked off. All the rest were incompletions. So Jared Goff is really about short passing. And it makes sense because yeah. if you look at his receivers, Robert Woods led the team in receptions and receiving yards, eight catches, 70 yards. Average 8.8 yards per reception. If you look back at the Saints in game one, all five of the leading receivers averaged 10 or more yards per reception. Uh, Cooper Cup, seven catches, 46 yards for a 6.6 average. Brandon Cooks had only two catches for 39 yards. So he had 19 and a half yards uh, per catch. So I guess he's, he's the lone he's the lone guy, but he only had two catches. Tyler Higbee, four catches for 20 yards, including a touchdown. Gerald Everett and Todd Gurley each had a catch apiece. Uh, speaking of rush, or speaking of Todd Gurley, he led the team in rush is and rushing yards. Fourteen carries, ninety-seven yards for a six-point-nine average, which is pretty good. The offensive line of the Rams did nicely in the run game, um, which gives me hope later on down the road because of the Panthers' rush game just did not look top-notch at all. Um, mm-hmm. And the Saints are obviously going to play them twice a year. Uh, but the surprise for this team was Malcolm Brown, eleven carries, fifty-three yards, four-point-eight average, and two touchdowns, two hard-earned touchdowns. I mean. The second touchdown was wide open uh, on the outside, but he earned those yards to get to that position to set up the uh, to set up the Rams for that touchdown. Um, and Todd Gurley looked a little slow um, in this game. He, he he was of course trying to get out of bounds as quickly as he could. He didn't really hit full speed gear. Could have to do with dealing with the prior knee injury, the uh, arthritis that he could be experiencing, but uh, just didn't really look like himself. No other Rams running back uh, besides Daryl Henderson had a carry. He only had one for, for no yards. Um, Robert Woods had two carries for 16 yards, so they like to use him in jet sweeps, much like the Saints um, yeah. can do uh, with some of their receivers, but we didn't see that in game one. Uh, for the defense of the Rams, Corey Littleton was all over the place. He led the team in tackles. He had eight. He also had an interception, which was pretty close to being a pick six. Um, John Johnson the third, their safety, 
who I think is really impressive, um, was second on the team with six tackles. Rookie out of Washington, Taylor Rapp, the safety, um, who's very fast, very athletic, three um, uh, total tackles, four assisted. Eric Weddle, uh, the new signee. Uh, Marky Christian, Marcus Peters, of course, we know about him, and Clay Matthews is the third, another new signee. All of those guys had two total tackles apiece um, and four sacks. The team actually got to uh, Jared Goff three times. Clay Matthews had one of those sacks, and Dante Fowler Jr. had two on the day, um, and he also had two tackles. Uh, Michael Brockers, Nico Roby, we all know about him, also had two tackles. Um, and yeah. Uh, Jojo Natson, their wide receiver, is their returner as well. He had two returns for 19 yards, and Greg Zerline ended up missing a field goal, much like Will Lutz did, uh, two of the best kickers in the game missing field goals. But um, he made all three of his other field goals, including a 56-yarder. Um, so that game was uh, down to the wire, uh, but the Rams definitely looked like the better team throughout most of the game. Cam Newton looked pedestrian throughout uh, some of the game, but not as much as Jared Goff. Jared Goff missed a lot of wide-open receivers. Cam Newton actually kind of got into a rhythm, you could see, but he didn't have any touchdowns. Uh, it was Christian McCaffrey show. Newton was 25-38, 239 yards, and, of course, that one interception thrown to Littleton. Um, but uh, looking at the box score, looking at the highlights, the game as well, Tyler, um, mm-hmm. what did you think about the Rams? How did you think they looked against the Panthers? Um, obviously they ran the ball very well. Um, they got into an offensive rhythm, much like all Sean McVay offenses can. Um, Tyler Higby was the lone touchdown reception. So even though they have that really good wide receiver core with cup, uh, woods, uh, and cooks, it ends up being Higby, uh, with the touchdown and Brandon cooks only had two catches. Um, so do you, uh, how how are you feeling about the Rams after that? Are you a little bit more, uh, comfortable with playing them now that you've yeah. seen them or or are you uh, a little bit more worried after getting to see their first action so i i mean it's the panthers first of all they were going against but like i like the word you used earlier pedestrian like isn't me or i feel like for all the drives like the promising potential drives that the rams had you know you know they're known for their offense sure they've acquired a lot of great players on defense but it operates through their offense it's like in the past, it all went through Todd Gurley. It all went through Jared Goff making enough plays, being that slightly above average quarterback that could get things going with Sean McVay. And it just seemed like for all of the opportunities they had, I, obviously the Panthers have a good defense, or that's what they were known for. But I almost feel like uh, I was watching the highlights. I almost felt like they were kicking so many field goals, just missed opportunities. I mean, obviously the Saints in the past, for example, have been known to um. I want to say shoot themselves in the foot, but something that's killed us in the past has been known for like missed opportunities with drives, you know, just, you know, for, with other reasons, et cetera. But it almost made me feel a little more encouraged knowing that if the Panthers defense and maybe especially if the Rams offense can sputter in a fault like that, uh, it could be a real momentum changing, real uh, a game changing experience for the Saints. Because think about it, like it, when you face hot offenses, for example, like the Saints, Rams, etc., you're always going to need touchdowns, right? And unlike the Panthers, the Saints are known for their offense. So if, if you're putting up measly field goals here and there, the Saints are going to get out to a big lead early. And I think it was in that playoff game, right, the last time we played them where – or it was one of the times we played them where 
a week out early to a huge lead. Eventually, they came back, but if something like that could happen again... That was, that was the November game in the Dome when, when the yeah, Saints yeah. were a too-big lead, and then the Rams ended up coming back, and then it was the Michael Thomas cell phone game. Yeah, so like it wouldn't <clears throat> surprise me to see something like that happen again where, I don't know, from, that, from those highlights, it almost looked like... Like I'm surprised the Rams didn't open it up more. You know they've got they've got decent receivers, but who knows? But to me, like it almost looked like they were watered down a little bit their offense. So let's right. hope it if it, it comes down to a shootout, the Saints can be more productive than the Rams. But other than that, though, I mean we didn't really see much out of Aaron Donald. I mean um, Todd Gurley, like you said, like he looked okay and not what he's used to being and not what he's used to looking like, but. I don't know. I think it's a winnable game. I mean, sure, it might be in L.A., but the Saints are a very good team, though. So Right. <clears throat> For sure. Um, yeah, and after watching uh, after watching the Rams um, win against Carolina, I am kind of actually in the middle of... I- I'm still nervous for this game because I oh, have I'm a feeling too. going on the road for the first... For, uh, I mean, the, the Saints have proven that they can win very well on the road we saw that week three or and i should say their first game of the season on the road we saw week three uh 2017 against the carolina panthers after they started out 0 two um they were able to um that, that that was their first division road game at least uh they were able to annihilate the panthers at home panthers ended up being a good team that season um but I, i'm still nervous first game on the road for the saints yeah of the season against the Rams with both both teams have momentum. The Rams might even have more momentum since they, you know, didn't give up a touchdown within 12 seconds of the, you know, last minute of the game. But, uh, (laughs) nonetheless, it's going to be a redemption game. It's going to be tough and aggressive from the saints. How, how, uh, let me ask you this, how tenacious and aggressive do you think the saints are going to come out? Do you think they're going to try and be savvy or are they going to try and play scrappier? Emotions going to be high, because uh, the team's not going to forget about this. I have a feeling things are going to get very scrappy and aggressive, especially between MT13 and and Marcus Peters. That's that's a tough rivalry. How, how tenacious mm-hmm. is it going to be, man? How are we going to be able to cut the tension with a knife, or is it going to be uh, a little bit more cool headed? I don't. So it's funny you mention this. In our last episode, you guys need to check it out. We talked about. We uh, reviewed the Saints-Texans game. I mentioned Colin Cowherd. And I was actually watching something. He actually did give a little good nods to the Saints in this sense. So how everybody's uh, been freaking out about how this is a revenge game, everything. He said how Drew Brees was calm, cool, and collected in that. You know, And I think in a sense, I think Drew Brees, of course, you know, our noble quarterback, you know, the aged veteran, the future Hall of Famer, I think he's going to be... I think you could probably sense the tensions are going to be high and emotions are probably going to be high. Uh, for example, like I bet if you see like maybe a couple of Michael Thomas touchdowns early, it wouldn't surprise me to start if you see him like flexing on people and start like maybe picking a fight. I don't know. But um, I, like I think Drew Brees is going to be the lone exception. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to try and play his best as always, get the Saints in a winning position, you know, etc. Right. But I think the Saints are – I think it's going to be an emotional game. You're going to have all these new players that, you know, of course, like, if you haven't heard how the Saints were cheated out of a Super Bowl appearance, like, where have you been? Like, I'm sure rookies, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, new players to the team, Malcolm Brown, Jared Cook, they've probably all heard about it. The Saints are a great team, and they got robbed. 
And I, it wouldn't surprise me to see emotions are high, you know? Like, this team wants to win and make a statement that whatever you throw in our face, whether that be a crappy referees, whether that be stupid penalties, anything, this team is going to, like, overcome adversity and win games. So, but what they need to do, balls to the wall, Sean Payton, foot on their throat, don't let up the pedal light them up like if you're up by two scores make it two and a half or three like yes. this we have to make a statement here like this is a great team we're playing but we're a great team like i i think we can't be safe here like sean mcveigh and jared goff are a great combination they have a good offense Aaron Donald's a great defensive player um even whatever their punter's name johnny hecker right yep one of the best so, players in the game too it, they've been known to be aggressive and go for fake punts and stuff like that. So I, I mentioned it earlier. The Saints and the Rams are really similar. I, I'm willing to bet you the Rams are going to be aggressive. They're going to want to get out to an early lead on the Saints. The Saints just have to be right there, like, broken bottle to the neck. Like, they, they've got to be aggressive. They've got to, like, you need to. Like, pull yeah. out all the stops. I want to see... Like, I want to see everything. So that way I know if the Saints lose to the Rams this week, at least it wasn't on something stupid. At least I know, well, hey, the Rams are a better team. No, like, if you if they pull out everything, we'll end up winning and we'll, we'll be the better team. Yeah, we so could, we, what do you think needs to happen, we could definitely like, be We could definitely be in store for another Sean Payton Petty game. I definitely think <laughs> I love to see that. you cannot give any mercy to, to the Rams if you go up. So, yeah, yeah. the Saints are going to be aggressive, tenacious. They're not going to be forgetting about what happened uh, back in January against this team in the Dome nonetheless. Uh, so now they're going on the road to redeem themselves. It's going to be an ultimate statement if they walk away with the win. And if they do, it's going to be two wins already on this road trip, which we mentioned that if they walk away 2-2 two and two from this four-game opening stretch, it's going to be a win. Yeah, it's not going to be bad at all. Uh, it's actually going to be a little bit better than good because uh, it, it's a tough four-game opening, including two road games in a row on the West Coast. So, um uh, already off to a good start with one win. Hopefully we can get another. Uh, specifically, let's go over the depth charts. Um, now, you all know or should know by now the Saints starters uh, and, and, and most of their backups. Um, but I'm going to go specifically over the Rams. Um, first offensive lineup we'll talk about. I'll go over the defense. I'll also talk about who they're matching up against. Uh, so for the Rams, of course, they're going with quarterback Jared Goff there. His backup is uh, Blake Bortles coming over from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and, of course, they're still rolling with Todd Gurley. Uh, he led the team in carries last week, but they only um, uh, had three less carries go to Malcolm Brown, his backup. So it's almost a, a 50-50 split there at running back. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, it's even closer to 50-50 for this game because Malcolm Brown definitely earned some respect around there. Um, so they're going to be going up against both of those running backs against David Onimata is going to be back. He's going to be paired up if Mario Edwards is healthy. Him and Malcolm Brown Jr. are going to be rotating there for that defensive tackle spot. And then, of course, on the outside, you got Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan there for the offensive line. Also, the linebackers, Demario Davis and AJ Klein, seem to be playing the most snaps, but you throw in Alex Anzalone as well there. Um, and those are going to be the, the seven, eight, possibly nine guys if you throw in Kiko Alonso there, if he's going to be rotating in and out. Um, guys who, and, and PJ Williams, of course, guys who are going to be needing to stop this impressive run game of the um, Rams because 
Um, they had a, a really nice opening start against the Carolina Panthers, and the Saints did not have a very yeah. good opening against the Houston Texans, despite how well they did a season ago. Um, now, when it comes to wide receivers, same three setup that the Rams were rolling with last season before Cup got hurt, and who did pretty good against the um, uh, Panthers in Week One. You have Brandon Cooks, who, the, of course, the former New Orleans Saint, who we had traded to the Patriots a couple years ago. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup as well. Cup in the slot, Woods opposite Cooks. They're going to be, of course, matched up. Cooks most likely with Marshawn Lattimore there. Eli Apple will be going against Robert Woods. P.J. Williams against Cooper Cup, rotating in and out with, you know, possibly Patrick Robinson if he's going to be healthy to play, possibly any sort of Ken Carley. But P.J. Williams seems to be the guy the Saints are rolling with there in the slot because he played a majority of their snaps, about 80% of their snaps. They played a nickel with P.J. Williams. Um, but you also have Von Bell uh, as an option there to cover Marcus Williams as well, um, depending on where any of these guys line up. For tight end, they have Tyler Higby uh, and Gerald Everett playing a majority of their snaps. Uh, they also have a wide receiver named Mike Thomas, but their um, number one backup receiver, so to speak, their number four guy is Josh Reynolds. Um, they also have JoJo Natson as their return guy. But Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, Higby with a touchdown catch last week, uh, are their two tight ends. They'll probably be covered mostly by Demario Davis out there. Um, and then their offensive line, Andrew Whitworth, Joe Noteboom, Brian Allen, Austin Blythe, and Rob Havenstein. That's from left tackle all the way to right tackle in order. Um... So let's talk about this offensive makeup for the Rams. Pretty impressive. Of course, you have the veterans on the offensive line and Noteboom and Whitworth um, and, and Blythe and Havenstein. All these guys are uh, vets. Um, and then you have the impressive three receiving core that's so familiar with Jared Goff and how they operate. Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown making up a fairly nice running back duel, even if Gurley looked a little slow in game one. Um, and they're going to be going up against uh, a, a front seven that's getting one of its best starters back in David Onyemata. Um, Marcus Davenport's going to be more hungry to redeem himself. Cam Jordan's always Cam Jordan. And I love our linebacking core. So I, I, I have a feeling in a way it's very evenly matched up, even though the Saints mm-hmm. struggled in week one, our run defense against their run offense. Just based off of everything, um, it seems pretty even. Do you think there's any sort of advantage there? If not, mm-hmm. what advantage do the Rams have here on offense that the Saints either won't be able to, you know, totally cover there on defense or that the Saints lack on offense that the, that the Rams just prevail on on their offense? Uh, what are you thinking yeah. after, after going over this depth chart? So if you ask me, honestly, I think you should almost just put like a little asterisk next to the Saints defensive line, you know, when it comes to the depth chart, the roster, just because of, you know, just the way the dominoes fell, they're not their best right now. But if you look at last year, they've retained mostly all of their players. I believe the only player they really leave that had a significant impact to the defensive line was Okafor. But if any indication from week one proves anything, Trey Hendrickson filled in just fine in his limited snaps, and Davenport uh, didn't really have any stats, but did fine also. So you had that, and you're getting better. Every week, Sheldon Rankins is going to have a more of an opportunity to eventually come back and return. He's one of your best defensive linemen. And then, like we mentioned, Anyamata, he's a great, he's a big man. He's a great run stuffer. So when that happens, the Saints are going to be at their peak. And with their defensive line, last year we noticed it was top 10. It was top 5, I think, in rushing defense. I remember reading somewhere from last year that, like, the Saints hadn't allowed any runs of over 20 yards. Sure, that Saints, happened a couple. 
The yeah. Saints were the number one rushing defense last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. So, exactly, we were the best. So, obviously, like I mentioned last episode, high expectations, but I feel like Anyamata is going to make such a big difference. Like, you won't, like you're just going to see it immediately on the field. And how I describe a girly, sure, he's a great running back, but I almost feel like he's almost like a shell of himself at this point, considering all the injury history he's gone through. And just how the Rams have kind of taken precautions in signing other running backs. Uh, for example, the, Malcolm Brown now, I don't remember when they signed him, but he had a huge game. So if that's anything, uh, they're they're not opposed to having other running backs contribute. So with that, I mean, like, I think the Saints are going to do well there. The only advantage I really give the Rams, in my opinion, the Saints and the Rams are like, are like brothers. You know, like, they're they're both known for similar things. They both do certain things very well, some better than the others. The only thing they really have on us is the wide receivers. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if we have the, the personnel to really guard, you know, really contain these receivers all game. But their depth, like, they have three starting caliber wide receivers. Right. We don't. So... Yeah. That's the only thing I really give on them. I, our offensive line, in my opinion, is better. They have a really good left tackle. We have a really good left tackle. When I look at their depth, like, obviously, in the NFL, when you have a really, really good player, it doesn't matter what team he's on, you recognize the player. When I look at their depth chart, like their starting offensive line, besides Andrew Whitworth, I don't recognize anybody. So I don't know if that's, like, a testament to my uh, ill knowledge, but... I don't, like, they're not as good as the Saints. Believe me, like, the Saints were graded the best uh, offensive line this past week by PFF. Like, the Saints have a great offensive line. They have a great quarterback. Yeah, really two similar teams. The only edge I really give them is their wide receivers. But other than that, yeah, yeah it's going to be a great game. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> for sure. They definitely have a better wide receiver core top to bottom, um, even though the, the, the Saints have the better number one wide receiver for sure. Um, and I, also on the offensive line for the uh, Rams, they have David Edwards, rookie out of Wisconsin, as their backup left tackle. And they also have Bobby Evans, rookie out of Oklahoma, either Oklahoma or Ohio State. I'm pretty sure it's Oklahoma backing up uh, Rob Havenstein, who is their right tackle. Um, and yeah, I definitely agree. Wide receiver core top to bottom is better. Other than that, the Saints definitely have a better running back core top to bottom overall because Gurley is still hampered a little bit with his injury. We've seen how explosive Kamara can be in both the run and pass game uh Latavius Murray and Malcolm Brown I mean we saw more out of Malcolm Brown on um uh Sunday than we did out of Murray on Monday but I still have more confidence in Murray uh Murray and Kamara than I do Gurley and Brown so I give the advantage there uh to the Saints better offensive line too even though uh the Rams also only gave up one sack uh against the Panthers in week one and that was on a corner blitz uh, by James Bradbury so still pretty impressive there um I think my x-factor um matchup here is going to be cam jordan going up against rob havenstein the uh right right tackle there uh for the rams again there's no real in today's nfl there's no such thing as a blind side for a quarterback um because both sides can be definitely blind to them uh jared goff is going to be reading routes and the defense he's going to be keeping his head on a swivel so his his right side could definitely be his blind side at times in the game Cam Jordan can exploit that with Havenstein. We know Andrew Whitworth on the left side can handle his own. He's the veteran. He's going to be going up against the youngster in Davenport and Hendrickson, who who definitely both of them could give him fits. But I have more confidence in Jordan giving Havenstein fits, and I think that that's an important to watch because if we only sack 
Goff once, I don't think we're going to win this game. Part yeah, of the we reason need to definitely get a lot of pressure. Yeah, part That's of the main sure. re- the the one of the main reasons we beat Houston is because we were able to get to Watson over five. I, I believe we finished the game with six total sacks, which is awesome. But. Um, yeah, n- nonetheless, I think that that's the important matchup to watch. I think the overall X-Factor player, and I'll talk about it now since we're going over uh, uh, kind of the defensive matchup, is going to be David Onyemata. Going up against this yeah. offensive line, coming back, fresh legs, um, uh, you know, filling in final, or I guess not even filling in, going back to his spot. Um, and, and he was one of the main reasons the Saints were up there with Chicago as the 1A1B best run defenses in the league last year. Once you get Rankins back, it's going to be fully back to normal, but Onyemata is the step in that direction, and I think uh, I think he's going to have a big game. I think that yeah. he's going to be able to exploit Brian Allen and, and Blythe in there in the middle a little bit um, and get some nice tackles for losses, help pressure the quarterback. I think he's going to be the X factor. And again, getting to Jared Goff, sacking him more than just once is how the Saints are going to, are going to need to win this game. Um... And then, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have on the offense. Uh, I definitely think the Saints have more advantages everywhere besides the receiving core, which is positive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's going to be the the run defense against that run attack of the of the Rams, which you know we haven't we haven't seen too much of uh, yet. Only really one sample size of that uh, running back duo of Gurley and Brown going against this new makeup of the run defense there, defensive line up front for the Saints. So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, but going to the defensive. Um, depth chart for the uh, LA Rams. Uh, they run a 3-4 defense, uh, which is, of course, why they went out and got Clay Matthews on the outside and why they traded for Dante Fowler, who are both starters right now for them, uh, both outside linebackers for them. Um, they have Michael Brockers uh, there at defensive end on the outside, and then Sebastian jo- Joseph Day with Aaron Donald on the inside. Of course, Aaron Donald, Defensive Player of the Year. Most likely an MVP candidate here uh, uh, pretty soon. Um, and then, of course, Fowler and Matthews. And then Corey Littleton, who had a huge game uh, week one against the Panthers, led the team in tackles and also had an interception. Uh, you also have Bryce Hager out there, uh, uh, the other linebacker with Littleton inside, who was backed up by Travin Howard. Um and then for cornerbacks, you have Marcus Peter and Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib, who are starting. I believe this is their third year in a row starting at cornerback for the Rams as a duo. And then John Johnson the third, uh, also his second or third year starting there at safety for the LA Rams. And then the new signee from this offseason, uh, Eric Weddle, coming over from the other Los Angeles team, the Chargers. Uh, or sorry. Uh, coming over from the Ravens before that yeah. he was on the other uh. LA team, the Chargers. Um, and now um, I like I like the I definitely think the Rams have great depth there at uh, in the secondary because uh, Nickel Roby Coleman is their backup cornerback um, along with Troy Hill there with Akeem Talib and Troy Hill is a very impressive young guy. Um, and then they have David Long Jr., the rookie. I believe he's out of Central Michigan. And then Taylor Rapp, their safety out of Washington. He was uh, my second-ranked safety uh, coming into the draft. I think that he's very athletic. We saw a little bit of it week one against the Panthers as well. And no other really uh, notable backup there for the uh, Rams um, other than Justice uh, Justin Lawler, sorry, their backup to Clay Matthews. So, Looking at this defense and going up against, so obviously that defensive line of Donald Brockers and Sebastian Joseph Day are going to be going up against inside Eric McCoy, the rookie, Larry Warford, and Andres Pete. Uh, Warford, the top-rated PFF offensive uh, player for the Saints, uh, week one against the Texans. 
and then you have Eric McCoy, the rookie center, Andres Pete, who, who who held his own week one. Uh, on the outside, you'll have Fowler and Matthews going up against both Ryan Ramchek, who shut down J.J. Watt, and uh, uh, Teron Armstead, who is one of the better left tackles in the league. So I definitely think if we're able to handle that, I, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup there, uh, is inside Eric McCoy against Aaron Donald. Um, how... I mean, let's just start there before we get any further. I think that that is a very important matchup to go over. Uh, Aaron Donald has all the moves in the book. He can bull rush you. He can uh, sw- he can pull a, a really great swim move on you. He can spin. He can really do whatever. He's so huge, uh, six foot three, over three hundred pounds. But he is so athletic there for his size, able to get to the quarterback. We didn't see much action from him. He only had one tackle against the Panthers last week, and that was against a Pro Bowl center. But but Tyler. How important is this matchup? Is McCoy going to be able to hold his own against uh, the beast that is Aaron Donald? Um, or is Donald going to awaken? He's due for a big game. Is it going to awaken and and possibly be a demise for the Saints? How do you think that matchup is going to go? And and do you agree with me that it's it's probably the most important matchup of, of this game? Uh, yeah. So, okay, defensively, Aaron Donald, like his— in the in the past, has given the Saints offensive uh, line fits, but I mean, in the Saints offensive line's defense, uh, just a couple straight facts to throw out. Everybody's healthy. It's early in the year. When, for example, let's say if he's going against Pete, when Pete and Armstead are uh, are together, Armstead makes Pete better. McCoy did well week one. I mean, he lines up everywhere. Aaron mm-hmm. Donald was that athletically gifted. He's so fast and so big. He's he's like a polished, a polished Mark and da- uh, Marcus Davenport, but isn't a defensive end. Like it, it's just insane how good he is. But I, I think if we like it, I think if the Saints play it smart, maybe if they have to use extra blockers, if the Panthers could definitely diminish Aaron Donald's performances and success in Week One, the Saints could. I wouldn't say easily, but the Saints could probably do it in week two. And, oh, I forgot to mention, too, uh, back on the offense, we were talking about the Saints offense. My X factor is Jared Cook. I think with, just uh, in general, with the Rams' defense, if uh, you're going to have to, like, target them early and often. You're going to have to beat them, make them emotional. If you get Michael Thomas out, um, if you get Michael Thomas out in man coverage, throw to him. But if they're all covered, uh, the only player they haven't seen, well, besides Malcolm Brown and et cetera, but the offensive player they haven't seen, besides Latavius Murray, too, wow, um, Jerry Cook. You, you get him more involved. But, yeah, so those are all my thoughts and stuff. For so, sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. Cook needs to get involved. Also, for the Rams, I think one of the players on their offensive side that I forgot to mention, Tyler Higby, is going to be a player to watch. I think uh, he's going to be a red zone target that could distract um, or, or the Saints could be distracted by Gurley and Woods and Cooks inside of the red zone, but really they're going to need to watch for Tyler Higbee's. He's a sneaky touchdown guy. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think uh, uh, McCoy and Donald, that's going to be something to watch, but Warford and Pete could also carry that burden throughout the game. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, going into the secondary, of course, going to be Marcus Peters going up against Michael Thomas for most of the game. Depends on how often they'll move him around. Aqib Talib is the other guy there. He'll either be matched up against MT, but most likely it'll be a lot of Traquan Smith. So vet against vet. Um aggressive guy against aggressive guy neither of them take any crap from you know anybody 
Uh, so I love that intensity when those guys are matched up against each other. John Johnson, Eric Otto, they're going to be helping, of course, in the box and outside. John Johnson can do both. He's very athletic. Weddle is up there in age, but again, aggressive, tenacious type safety, um, always gets after it. And, and he, he, he can be a ball hawk when he wants to as well. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough go against the secondary for the Saints, especially if Traquan Smith and Keith Kirkwood aren't able to help or don't really get the necessary snap counts they need to try and make an impact on this team. Uh, Smith definitely was able to get enough snaps, and he, of course, got that touchdown. But Keith Kirkwood only had, what, 18 snaps, less than 20%, um, nothing too great. So Kamara, we're going to need to watch who he's matched up exactly for the, I'm guessing it's going to be Littleton. But Christian McCaffrey had such a good game against this defense. Yeah. I'm not too worried about how Kamara will perform. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, McCaffrey went off. Had two touchdowns, a bunch of rushing yards. I, all I know is that he had like 34 fantasy points. Uh, he he absolutely lit it up. I think Kamara is, is going to be okay in, in those regards. But it will be a tough go against the secondary. So Kamara's going to need to pick up a little bit of the slack. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm really excited, though. I think that the Saints have overall more advantages uh, um, than the Rams. When it comes to defense, it's a little bit more murky. But on offense, I think, I think the Saints have a better overall rhythm, groove, veteran presence as well uh than the rams do um, but both teams are very consistent uh in who they kept uh, neither team really lost anybody too significant this offseason uh Saints yeah. biggest loss i think was max unger for the rams i think it was what uh ndamukin sue possibly but they let him go anyway so yeah. um wasn't anything too I, I can't really think of anybody who the who the rams really seriously lost this offseason so should we um, mention the injury report now yeah go ahead yeah yeah go ahead okay. oh, yeah yeah just go ahead and mention that injury report because it's pretty uh important to sunday's game so so uh, there was an update to it we'll mention that in a second but let's first off get to the injury report as of wednesday the thursday report i believe will be coming out later before this if you follow our social media accounts we'll probably be ret- retweeting it so check out there for information so the wednesday report uh you had mario edwards our defensive tackle with a hamstring, he uh, participated limitedly. We had Craig Robertson with a hamstring, also limited participation. Sheldon Rankins with an Achilles. We, uh, as we told you guys before, he's coming back from the uh, Achilles injury, but he's making good progress. Should be back sooner than later. He was limited. You had Marcus Williams with a groin. That was limited. And Tegan Jr. with an illness did not participate. And then on the Rams side, you had Eric Weddle with a concussion with limited participation. And then Michael Brockers, their defensive lineman, and Clay Matthews, their linebacker, uh, both did not participate. This is was as of Wednesday. Clay Matthews with a back injury. Michael Brockers with a shoulder injury. But now we had a new recent update, maybe like five, ten minutes ago. All Saints players, including wide receiver Tengin, were present of the field today during the portion of practice open to the media. Again, uh, as we mentioned, was absent Wednesday because of an illness, but they will have an injury participation report later today, so we'll see what everyone was able to do. And, of course, like we said, we'll keep you guys updated with everything regarding the New Orleans Saints on our Twitter account. Make sure to check us out at Raymond Tyler M, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore, and at the WDD podcast. So perfect. Yeah. We don't even have to do an outro now. You just saved us. Yeah, time yeah that's right. Perfect. All right, sweet. Um, no, that's pretty. Yeah, that's uh, nothing too significant for the Saints. There it seems like uh, we haven't yet caught anything in terms of injury bug wise. 
Um, so I'm pretty. It's not like our quarterback caught mono like uh, the Jets. <laughs> yeah, same uh, Darnold, unfortunately, man. Rip man. fantasy winners. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, uh, poor Darnold too. I don't know. I don't know what what really happened, but yeah, he's got mono. Will be out for and, and they say indefinitely. We'll see how long it really is. But with all of that being said, going over each team's week one which by the way check out that podcast if you haven't we break down the entire saints yep. game victory against the texans check a great that out. episode after breaking down both week one games the depth charts the advantages the history uh, of these guys pretty recently after going over the injury report and everything you need to know about this game it is finally time for us to give our score and game predictions so tyler what mm-hmm. will be the final score of this game and, and why? What what okay. and, and if you want to give one X factor that you already haven't said, go ahead. I think you've already said most of what you want to say, but yeah. game and score prediction, what do you have? Okay. Oh, let's do let's do bold predictions too, because I always love seeing how close we were to that. Um score predictions, final Saints win 35-28. Drew Brees goes off. Jared Goff has a good game too. Um let's see. Latavius Murray uh, gets sixty yards. Running. Uh, that'll be a bold prediction. And my other bold prediction, Marcus Davenport. Trey Hendrickson did it last week. Davenport could do it this week. We'll get two sacks. Um, and I'm just trying to think of some other stuff. Um, Jerry Cook will have a good game. That's uh, that's my other prediction. How about okay. you, man? What do you think? Um, my uh, score prediction is similar to yours. I got the Saints winning thirty-four to thirty. I think it'll be close. Ooh, I think, that's even more close. I think the Saints are able to um, force them to kick a lot of field goals in that game, and and I think that that's kind of where I get my thirty figure from. And then I think the Saints are going to be a, a pretty well-oiled scoring machine. Even though, like I said, I am worried about the secondary. I think Kamara will open things up. I think Jared Cook has a mismatch against whoever he goes up against. So I'm with you. Bold prediction. Uh, if I had to say bold prediction i think jared cook gets over um uh 60 yards receiving and has a touchdown Ooh. Ooh, um, i like it and then um yeah that's my I, I think 34 to 30 um things will go pretty smoothly i think it will be overall a close game but the saints will kind of pull away at the end um i don't think it'll be like a last second type thing but if it is still wouldn't yeah. be totally surprised because these teams have of course had their fair share of you know intense battles uh very recently so, petition to have uh, the Saints name changed to the Heart Attack Saints, right? And let's just hope real quick, too, that um, I read it on Twitter. I absolutely agree with it. The Saints offense needs to be uh, in control the final couple minutes. We can't, like, not that we can't rely on the defense. It's just my my blood pressure is so much lower when the offense has the ball. Right, So right. Yeah, towards the end of the game on, on Monday, it, it was just bad. They did the exact yeah. opposite they had to do, and our defense is what I'm talking about, and our, our offense was able to pull us out of it. So I agree with you. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what's what's going to go down Monday in Los – or, sorry, Sunday in Los Angeles. Six days rest for the Saints, by the way, um, instead of the – or I guess five days instead of the regular six days rest. Yeah, don't remind them. Maybe right. it will affect us negatively. Yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll see. I think that they're going to be ready. This is a veteran team who's prepared, and, again, the consistency is going to be the key. So – um, can't wait for the game. Those are our predictions. Tyler has them winning 35-28 to 28 over the Rams. I have the Saints winning 34-30. to 30. Let us know your score predictions. We'll be tweeting them out. Tyler pretty much already did the outro. We don't really need it. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the game before um, we sign off? Spreaker and iTunes. Oh, I yeah. didn't mention it then. I'm mentioning it now. Uh, you guys know where to follow us. Come on, tweet us. We love the interaction. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, let's hope for a big win. Yes. 2-0. That'd be awesome. So, yes. yeah. Very excited for the game. Uh, if you're going to the game, by the way, let us know on Twitter. Tweet us at the WDD cool. Podcast. We, we'd love to know and see some pictures. So, again, 
Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Follow us everywhere. Be sure to rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts uh, and subscribe to us there. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon. And as always, who dat?